This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, you can get free delivery on all orders over £40 and 10% of all online orders by using our code of Takes That Chance 10. Jetson's there, Billy Head. The goal, Chris Billy Huddersfield Town. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. Be in Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Stephen Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance. Good evening, guys. If you are coming to join a happy meeting, then you've clicked on the wrong podcast. We're the greatest team <laughs> in football. The w- Maybe not. Huddersfield Town, what can you say? Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're going to try and somehow make <laughs> some evening, uh, sense to the uh, debacle at the moment that is Huddersfield uh, Town and... Uh, Joining me to unpack uh, <laughs> what has been pretty horrendous uh, four days of uh, terrier uh, action is Mr. Simon Copland. Potter, looking like a scout today, mate. You said it was a Gummersall Boys? Gummersall Boys, mate, yeah. I've changed my allegiance. <laughs> and Bill Senior, a man who would never uh, go to stand up with a referee too. We'll talk about that later on as well because... Uh-huh. Bald comrade, Mr. Drysdale, what a legend, man. This more referees, more bald people. So have some respect for them. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a bit of light out stuff because I think we might gonna need it and that as well. But guys, this these last two games were absolutely huge. Uh, both this time last week, Wickham and Middlesbrough, totally out of sorts, totally out of form. We knew where we were at, but Jesus Christ, what what is going on with uh Seal Town? I don't I don't even know where to start, to be honest with you, but I think we've got to start with Wickham Wonders, haven't we, really? And uh, 
Si, what, what a disaster. Yeah, I mean, worst possible outcome, really, wasn't it? I think when we spoke last week, we said we wanted four points minimum from six. And here we are with none. And it wasn't just the fact we've we've gone down to two defeats, but I think the manner of those defeats as well, particularly Wickham, um, gives kind of a lot of concern and, and kind of alarm, really, kind of the rest of the season. As you know, because I missed the second half of Wickham, I decided in my wisdom to change a plug socket at half-time that led to uh, more problems than it did. So I had to watch the second half back. So um, when, I, when I kind of switched off, we were 2-1 uh, we in the lead. We obviously just conceded before half-time, a really poor time to concede. Uh, a little bit like last night, actually, conceded again on the stroke of half-time. We don't seem to be managing games very well. And then obviously my phone was buzzing from the WhatsApp groups and, and what have you, and um, flipped on the score at the end and, and saw we'd lost 3-2. I've watched it back since and... Really, really poor second half. Just looked really nervous, really scared to express ourselves and play. And some of the kind of similarities with, with last night, really. Um, he, in, in both occasions, albeit kind of maybe the last 10 minutes aside last night, it just felt inevitable. You were watching it and you kind of thought, you just knew what was going to happen. Um, and, and as fans kind of particularly sat in, sat in our homes and watching it on the screen, it's, it's just kind of helpless to do anything. Um so really disappointing, really dejecting. Um, we'll probably come on to talk about it in more detail, but you look kind of at the fixture list and Swans up next and it's difficult to see where any points are going to come from right now. Um, so it is, uh, it's worrying times, definitely. Paul's Wickham game, uh, we had the perfect start, mate. Didn't we? we couldn't have got any better than that. They looked what they were, awful. And uh, what, what, what is it? Why can't we just... We don't seem to be able to manage a game and, and I don't think we've been able to manage... Again, pretty much all season, really. We seem to be good on the counter and kind of coming back and stuff. But what's that stat that were? I think we were kind of mentioned last night. You've got it there. How many points we've lost from winning positions? Twenty-three all through the season. Now we've uh, we've gone in front in games and thrown twenty-three points away, um, which is not not great at all, is it? I think <clears throat> I think size nail on the head there. It's the manner of the defeat more than anything. Obviously, losing to Wickham at home is. You know, pretty pathetic anyway. But to go two 0 up um, and and to, to lose three two is you know is is ridiculously poor. I thought we started well first twenty minutes. We kind of looked somewhere like back being back to us you know early season form. There were nice little bits of passing going on, nice triangles. Uh, Lewis O'Brien were were getting forward, you know, helping out in attack. And you start thinking, you know, this this is decent. All right, yeah, it is only Wickham, so let's not get too excited. But you know, we're, we're putting in a bit of a performance here. Bakuna gets a Gets a goal, and obviously we go, you know, we go two 0 up, and from that point, you're just thinking, all we've got to do now is is sort of see this out, and and we just didn't. Um, I know a lot of people have sort of mentioned second half performance has been that has been poor, but you know, if you watch it back, first half Wickham th- um, thoroughly deserved to to get that goal and going at two one. If all, you know, they had I think Sarkley had one off at line, the bit bar. Um, before they've scored, so it was no by no means like a smash and grab goal that they got. You know, luckily towards end at first half, and you go, in, you sat there, you're thinking, you're right, you know, a bad time to concede, but we've got 15 minutes now. Carbron's got 15 minutes; he can sort it out, have a word, change things around, just make it a little bit more secure. Come out, see first, you know, 15 minutes at second half out, don't concede, and you know, maybe try, you know, grow back into the game. But you know, Wickham before match, eight games away from home, they'd not won. Uh, lost the previous five and not scored in three. Um, Corbram came out afterwards and said, you know, about a lack of confidence in the squad, which is which is 
something I picked up on really last night, talking to a couple of people. I think there's a mental issue as well as an ability issue there at the moment. But if you can't be confident 2 0 up against a team like Wickham, you know, we're rock bottom. Don't forget, they're actually rock bottom. When are you going to be confident? And that that's what scares me the most at the moment. I don't think we've got the mental ability within the squad for a, <clears throat> for a relegation fight. I don't think we've got the players for it. You know, when we've been poor in the past and down there, you, you want that all together, all in it together feel. And at the moment, I don't, I don't get that from the squad. I don't get that from the fan base. I don't get that from the club as a whole. I think everybody's totally separate at the moment. And, you know, if that's not rectified sooner rather than later, we're going to be back in League One before we know it. And it's it's a shame, really. Phil, microphone's on, mate, so don't embarrass yourself here by talking and not get in. Is it as bad as uh, we're all making out, mate? How are you seeing it from a, from a professional angle? I feel quite fortunate that I um, I had Wi-Fi issues for the Wickham game, so I missed it. Um, or oh, I'm absolutely delighted, but... Yeah, it's a it's it's a difficult difficult part of the season now, and it's kind of crept up. I, I looked at the table last night during the game, and I can't believe how close we are um, with other teams with games in hand. I think there's a mixture of everything. I think there's a mixture of confidence. I think there's a mixture of uh, a lack of ability at certain points of the game where we need it the most. Um, it's I, I, I messaged somebody today. I can't remember if it were on, on social media, but for me, it's uh, it's relegation material at the moment. The things that have fallen into place, um, the, the performances, the, the like you say, the confidence, it, it, it don't look good at all. Um, I thought there were points in, in the game last night that, that, that were good and positive. Young lads, definitely a, a major positive. But obviously, we'll go into that later on. But yeah, it don't, um, don't look great, to be honest. doesn't look great at all. I think one thing that depresses me a little bit is that, again, Richard Keogh, I'm, no, I'm not a fan, but this guy was sent in to shore up the defence, to use his experience. And it's been a disaster. And, and let me get this guy's name pronounced. Ike Piazu. Now, the guy looked like a kind of Ishmael Miller, ability, hardworking, didn't look like he was going to score. But I think we were saying, Poz, on our group chat that you can see what's going to happen here with this guy. And he absolutely bullied us. He bullied us. I would dine for him to play for town. But you know what? We'd sign him and he wouldn't do any of this stuff, but it wouldn't pass him, wouldn't it? They just didn't know how to handle him. And the guy, they were playing off him, we were bringing others into play. It, uh, wow, it was so destroying, really. You weren't beaten by like a Troy D. <laughs> this guy were like having a field day, wasn't it? It shows how weak we are, doesn't it? Key positions. It would desire, though, wasn't it? You know, they're fighting for the lives of Wickham and they could smell, you know, they could sniff out that we weren't confident. And that give, you know, I'm sure Phil will know from, you know, from playing that you when you know teams on ropes, even you know, if you're a couple of goals behind and you're the fragile, all it takes is a bit of hard work really to put them under pressure. It just puts that little bit of doubt in the mind. And you know, before you know it, you know, as they were three two up and they come away with all three points. It's you know, I, I said on here and I've you know been quite vocal that I thought Keo were, you know, a reasonable signing. I don't think I ever said he would, you know, be a great sign. I thought it were understandable. I thought he'd come in and sure up defence and help out. But as you say, since he's come in, I don't think we've kept a clean sheet yet. You know, it's not just down to him, obviously, but, you know, he's, he's clearly not doing the job he were brought in to do. And again, it's worrying, isn't it, that you, like you say, you're getting outfought and out, outplayed by, you know, someone from Wickham. Obviously, no disrespect to them because they've just beat us. So, you know, if there's any Wickham fans listening, I'm sure they'll be enraged that we keep saying that. But when you look at the table, they're down there, aren't they? They're not a good side, you know. I think one of the reflections for me, Poz, 
Um, and if Matt was here, he'd articulate it much better than what I will now. But it felt like we were just trying to overcomplicate things. So um, in possession, almost kind of Hog would drop into that right back space to allow Pippa to push Kerber up the field. Um, and then kind of perhaps um, we would revert into he would push into centre of the field when we were in possession and, or, or vice versa. Um, and we kind of flick between a, a back three, if you like, with Keogh at the centre of that and Hog at the right. And then hog back into the centre at various times. And for a team struggling the way we are, and for a team um, kind of looking devoid of confidence, it felt to me like we were trying to almost run before we can walk and, and trying to kind of almost neglecting neglecting the basics. Now, I appreciate Pippa's a very attacking player and he has been exposed from his defensive point of view. So in, in that sense, perhaps what we tried to do corrected it, but I just kind of sensed that, that it was an unfamiliar position for Hogg. He obviously gave away the penalty trying to do that role. There was a, a second chance in, in the second half where the, the cross comes in from Wickham's um, right-hand side and, and Hogg gets beaten in the air um, in a right-back position, Schofield makes a save. Um, but I just kind of felt like we're tinkering every week with the shape of the team and I appreciate it's quite difficult when we've got the injuries we've got and we've got a relatively small squad and trying to put kind of round pegs into square holes. But I just kind of sense that these players are having to do something different week in, week out must be scratching their heads kind of thinking, this is bloody complicated. Why don't we just try and stick to the basics, defend as a unit, have Hogg sitting in front of the back four, which he's done throughout his career and been, been very good at at this level, and then try and have a platform from there to kind of express ourselves. But I was just scratching my head thinking, what's he doing over there? And who's filling in that space? And um, I'm not sure that was necessarily the, the whole downfall of the team, but um, just be a reflection from me, really. I think our live chats about right, our defence at the moment. It doesn't seem to be working. Uh, hopefully, we'll get it on later on. But uh, yeah, I mean, we're always going to be hard without Toffolo. Uh, we're always going to be a big miss at games, really, that we needed, uh, you know, to, for him to be involved big games like this. But wow, Lewis O'Brien, <laughs> I don't even know where to start, to be honest with you. What a, it's so sad to see a guy who, uh, wow, last season. I still say it a breakthrough season. I know Bradford fans would be saying, well, he did it for us. Yeah, okay, but proper football. But whatever we seem to do with him at the moment, just. The thing just, is, though, he's not a left back, is he? He's been asked to play in a position that's, you know, almost, it's really alien to him. Uh, why, don't we, why don't we stop guys crossing the ball in Pippis's back? Every match I watch, guys are just getting crosses in easily, man. Easily. It's one of them, isn't it? Because we do play that sort of attacking fullback style, it does leave spacing behind him. You know, as I says, we're trying to drop people into playing positions, you know, asking Johnny O to fill in as sort of almost like a, a right centre half. And if he's not used to doing that, he's, he's, I think I mentioned it right at the start of the season and I put it down to, you know, people making errors and stuff. But when you're trying to learn a new style or play in a new position, you've got half your mind on actually where I'm supposed to be on pitch. You know, I've, I've, you naturally drift into centre midfield, someone like Hogan. If he's worrying about that, I need to be back, I need to be back. It's going to take something else away from him. And I think you're bang right. So if you look at the, um, you know, relegation saviour manager, for want of a better phrase, they all just play dead simple football, don't they? You know, look at Warnock, simple football. Sam Allardyce, simple football. You know, 4-4-2, Tony Pulis. It's not great to watch. It's nothing, you know, mesmerising in a tactical sense, but it's simple and it works. And, you know, a player has maybe one or two jobs to do and we seem to be asking us to do three, four, five and six. And as you say, the, they're just not cut out for that sort of style of football. And I think that's that's contributing to the downfall more well, than anything. I might get this wrong, but was it was it Stan Turner who said um trying to play champagne football with, with beer money or something like that? And, and kind of Yeah. To an extent maybe it's uh 
Well, what, even his most experienced, but I've mentioned it there, Kiel, but Jonathan Ogg, yeah. I mean, he won a penalty with that one. Why is he diving in there? Why? Is it just, again, just confidence to score it, lacking? And I suppose it's like, if you'd have been keeping like, you'd have shouted him, just like hold him up or whatever, but. Yeah, I think there seems to be a lot of that this year, though, don't they, really? A lot of kind of rash challenges. Bakuna made one last night where he were really close. He got gold at Lad's hand and, and pulled it back. Could have easily been a penalty. Silly little things like this, through the, the basics, the, the real basics of football, especially, you know, like Fozzie mentioned there, you're down at the bottom, just go back to basics. You can still play this football, because for me, what's the point in changing the style of your play, like, just because we're struggling at the bottom? For me, you've got to kind of stick with it they really do have to stick with it because it kind of echoes what we've said all along. All the players have been spoken to about the roles and things like this. So they've got to follow this through now. There's got to be tweaks though for me. So little tweaks here and there in terms of that kind of safety and kind of safety numbers and, and how you're playing. Um, but some of these challenges and, and in, in, in our area, it's, it's bad enough conceding horrendous goals that we do where the players are just walking through our defence. I but to give it, simple penalties away, for me, it's, it's poor. Well, I noticed it last night. I think troubles were going the other way now, where Middlesbrough guys were dancing in the box and sour like that, as if absolutely scared to put a tackle because, you know, we've seen penalties that he's giving away left, right and centre and other defenders. It's, we're going, I mean, like in four days, we went from one extreme to the other. But how hard is it for when you're 2-0 up in a game, you probably, I mean, we're not as full of confidence, but we were controlling it, but... When something's getting away from you, because the one thing I just don't see, see with those is you could see that they were getting on top. Yet at half time, we could have regrouped. But you know, like when they equalised, there were only one team going to win it. How hard is it to get once teams got momentum and your heads are down, especially when you're on a bad run? How hard is it just to come on, guys, just dig in? Do you just need characters or? Yeah, it, it is difficult because it's in your head. So, so it's literally your performances aren't, aren't obviously great, your, your results aren't great. And then you, you get you get ahead of yourselves and, and, and you can see the other team then in the ascendancy by stealing a goal back and it, and it does creep into your mind no matter how experienced or inexperienced you are you still kind of get that in football but you've got to you've got to trust in the process at the same time and, and our process at the moment isn't quite working so I think obviously that that it's going to be it's going to be a tough end to the season for players and fans I think you know gone are the days where we can kind of you know score a goal and see a game off and, and relatively easily um, I'm not sure when we're going to go on to the last night's game, but for me, they yeah. it, they offered nothing. Um, they offered, I, I didn't feel like we were in any trouble. Everything was in front of us. I didn't feel like there was any trouble, but you just knew that there was gonna something was going to happen, and that's that's not a great feeling when you're watching your team play to know that there's always going to be a chance. We'll come on to Borod in a sec, but Sia, you you try and think of memories of the worst halves, worst games, this that the other. It's hard to compare Premier League to. Championship and maybe even League One, League Two, where we had some shockers. Uh, but that 45 minutes against Wickham, I, to me, that has got to be the one of the worst, easily in the top five in the last 10 years, 15 years it's been. Because we've got to beat that side by a team worse than us in the form table, 16 points over this season. With even that'll beat the guy who'll give us the, uh, the 100 million with his penalty miss, one he were involved in. But I just think we don't seem to have that fight, the spirit. They, they, you mentioned it earlier, they had the spirit, the energy there. And, and you said their manager, he's looked like Carlos. He looks like Christ. He had like doing his exams, the world's ending, <laughs> like that and stuff. But the other guy, you're thinking, God, you'd think uh, 
you'd think like a rock star and when he scored the winner they were jumping on each other I thought there's a lot to take from that mate because I just look at Carlos I just think this it just transfers itself over maybe he can be an amateur psychologist but I just look at the guy and I, if I'm looking at him I'm thinking Jesus because every minute you're seeing him I know he's animated but he's shouting he's boarding he's, he's never relaxed where Gareth Ainsworth just were like chilled out I don't know it was just kind of a Ainsworth got his motorbike didn't he and drove to uh, the cross keys near me for his rock band kind of uh, gig okay. <laughs> on Saturday night <laughs> I like him he Ainsworth hats off to him it kind of he, watching football he kind of can almost put managers into two buckets can't he but the, the, the suit manager or the track suit manager and he kind of fits neither of those moulds and it's, it's quite refreshing actually they deserved it side. they deserve to win you can't even argue that they got lucky all no, I agree they deserve the three points mate but I think the thing for me, Cosy, is um, expectations. You talk about some of the years that have gone in the past in the Premier League years, and in, in truth, our expectations for, for a lot of those games were quite low, but we kind of went into games as underdogs. I think what was quite different, and, and even that's true of the Championship to an extent, and this season, I think what was different on um, on Saturday was that we were by far and away expected to win that game, by far and away on paper, had, had the better team, despite all the kind of injury issues, selection issues, etc. And yet we kind of we crumbled in the way we did. Um, forgive me, Cosy, because I just want to ask Phil a question, because I thought it was quite interesting, Phil, you mentioned that um, they should stick with it, stick with the style of play. But how long for? So say we're well, this conversation again in March, do you still stick with them? Do you stick with it in April? Or, or does there come a time when actually, is, and that maybe that's with the manager leaving or whatever, but does there come a moment in time when you've got to do something different? No, I agree. And I, and I think, I, I personally think that it's got to be a style in the way that they are playing at the moment. I don't think you can change it too much because you've spent a full season there. And what you've got to remember as well is the players that they're bringing in and this philosophy, it's all about building kind of this kind of way of, of, of playing and the way that they want us to be. So I'd be massively shocked if they turn around and just went, right, we're just going to go route one you might uh, well and, just, and just turn them. To me, well, well, this is it. Well, this is it. This is it. So, you might as well panic second, mate. Yeah, because that's for me, for, for me at the, this point of the season, the, the 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 passing around the back and and bringing pressure on yourself needs to stop from the keeper. It needs to stop. For me, we've got to get the other team out of the pitch, and we've got to play in their half more and more. Uh, and, and and I would prefer that style of play anyway. For me, I, I, I'd rather not be messing around in and around the goalie and, and drawing attention to Ryan and things like this. Um, but I'm not talking about like uh, keeping it exactly the same as what he wants, but I still think there's got to be an element of, of how he wants the, the team to play to be, to be very similar because like you've said there, because you're like, what, you know, what's the point then? We've, we've spent a full, we've just wasted a full season. Yeah. Um, because it's if we go down... Because people out there now will be saying that Carlos isn't the right man to take us forward, that Carlos yeah. isn't the right man to see us through the next few months at the end of the season. Actually, we should bring someone in who has a different style. And I agree. Whilst Carlos is in the role, we we probably will and should continue with this philosophy. But does there come a moment in time? And and, it, and for me personally, it's not now. It's not now. I think kind of we're probably two or three wins away from being back in the table, and we're maybe kind of panicking before we need to. But well, there might come a moment in time in March and April when actually we do need to kind of resort to something different. We'll cover the uh, the Borough game and then we'll kind of go on at Carlos in the future because we got some comments Sorry, on there. I've got a bit excited. Once he's in the end, that's it. I've thought of a game actually, and it's not that long ago. Luton at home. You remember that good that Friday night where, to be fair, it might have been arguably, I mean, that was 90 minutes of deal. So I might have, 
argue myself out of a point, but mate, I think the fact is we're at home, the pressure's on, we have to win, deliver against a rival, and we've just like absolutely we had the start, we didn't even have a start against Luton. But this uh, that Wickham game, where does it rank for you, mate? It's up there. I, can't, I think it were, uh, where I think we were going for promotion in League One back in the day. We we were two 0 up. I think a couple of times at home. Can't remember, I think it was Swindon. I seem to remember we had South Stand. You know when they were doing them trials. Maybe Swindon and Dagenham. I think when they came back and drew. You know we we threw a couple of defeats. You know victories. You know away. And it was it was it was very similar to that. But you know just moving on to Middlesbrough again last night. You know you start off really well first 15, 20 minutes, and I'm sat watching and got again thinking. Thought Borough, you know, with Warnock in charge, I thought Borough would be a little bit more up for this. Oh, you know. so I, I'll just stop. I'll stop you there straight away. So, we're moving to Borough. We've been a debacle at the back against the worst team in the league who haven't won a game for ages. So let's keep the same back four. We are left back that isn't even a left back. What they? Are, I can't believe it, me. I could not believe it. Well, I could really because Carlos is stubborn. <laughs> but what that team, that defensive back four? What's he thinking there? People are just guaranteed a shirt no matter what. And people say, well, who would you put in? There's loads you'd put in, wouldn't you? Great slow. I think, I think playing O'Brien at left-back, I think I don't think that's ever going to work because he's, you know... And we've chatted about earlier just before we came live that by taking him... By putting O'Brien in as a left-back as well, you're also argumentatively removing one of your better players from midfield. All right, he's not playing as well as he was last season, but nobody is. But he's still... You know, he's still a threat and he will pick the ball up and, and move forward. Um, so why he's decided to play him at left-back and totally take him out of that area, I don't know. Maybe with, um, you know, the three that he played there, he thought he had more, you know, better options in there than O'Brien. But as I said earlier, square pegs in round holes again. And it's just confusing, isn't it? When when he gave that penalty away last night, all right, we're a little bit of a, of a rash challenge. But camera pants with him and, Paul, it looked like he was going to burst into tears, did O'Brien. He looked like one of them, you know, when you're eight years old and you give a penalty away and you, you, you just look dejected and it was just like, for fuck's sake, here we go again, you know, done something else wrong. And a lot a lot of me, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of this, what's going on at the moment at town, I, I, it's, for me, it's not ability in a lot of them. All right, some of them are up to scratch 100%, but it's mindset of them. It's the mindset. It's the mindset of the club. It's the mindset of the fan base. You know, I've said before on here, Four seasons now, we've been scrapping to stay in a division. All right, first season in Premier League, I'll allow because we stayed up, so you can you know discount that. But for three seasons now, we've been. We've, this is all we've chatted about. Are we going to survive? Are we going to survive? Are we going to survive? Once that once that mentality is ingrained in in the fan base. All right, yeah, we're not even in grounds, but players must see it on social media. You know, everyone's kicking off all the time and stuff like that. People from club clearly read social media because articles come out and basically answer questions that people have been asking on stuff like this on other podcasts on Twitter. You know, Facebook and stuff like that. So people must see it. And for me, that's the biggest problem for me. It's not the fact that we've not got the ability in the squad. It's the fact that mentally, I think a lot of them players think we're already down. And that's oh, yeah. I just can't make an end to tell of it. Bristol City, I know the manager went last night and maybe they weren't on the greatest form, but anyone who watched us that night, anyone who watched that first 20 minutes last night, even, you know, until then Benzer went off, which will come on into a second. But that was football, fantastic football. You know, and we've seen it a lot this season. So it's not, I, I think we disagree with last season where, you know, for me, we didn't see any of that kind of standard standard. You could see the stuff this year to pin your hat on. We've gone to Swansea and won. We've beat, we've given Watford a good pace in and, you know, look where they are. But so I can, that's what makes it so baffling. But Phil, everyone's shouting about we need a striker and this, that and the other. But it's pretty simple, mate. If we keep considering two, three goals every game, we're going down and, 
why, why can we just not? I don't know. I mean, the, the the goal the goal last night when he, when the lad cut in from, from from wide area, for me, you've got to be you've got to be working on things like in training. And, and for me as a goalkeeper, you, you know how you've set up in the past and together which way you're going to send him. So both both players are squared up. So for me, O'Brien, I need to send him down the line, okay, and then you can rejig in the middle, and then you set and then you set up to to defend the cross. Or if you're bringing him inside, you're bringing him into traffic. Because if, you, if you're going to ever bring someone into inside, if, if you're the winger and you're telling your fullback to bring him inside, it's opening up the angle so it's harder for the goalkeeper. Okay, so there's, there's two things there that he could have done. And, and then the rest of the players react. Nabi San never reacted to anything that happened there. So they brought him inside and he should just be stood and ready for the ball because he weren't going anywhere else. And it never happened and... and Little basic things like that. That you learn that. I learned that in, in under 14, 15, 16 at Huddersfield about whether to send them in or, or, or send them wide. Real basic things, and we just don't seem to be doing the basics. We go back to Keo. I don't I mean I I, didn't, I missed the weekend game. I've not really seen him perform poorly yet, apart from that pass across uh, face of the goal. I think he's just kind of done enough. He, he's been all right. Um all the issues come from Sar. Defensively, the issues come from Sar. Um, and when you've got a player like that in an in between you, you're worried. It, it does it, it does worry you. O'Brien had nothing to do. It, it, apart from that goal, there was no one beat him. No one got past him. Well, okay, O'Brien had a bit of a shock at left back and giving the ball away all the time. And Benzo goes off, and it's a different game. It was incredible. Man, he looked. Why? Why isn't Benzo even playing though? Because in first place, if he's knackered, I don't get it. Well, this is just it. I could not believe it last night. So I couldn't even believe it after the game. Even worse because it's like, you know. There were no way. I mean, I know the physios are nearer to it than us, and they know a lot more than us. But what Lee Andrews said at the time, we I think we all did. There were no way he could have carried on. I could not believe it, man. When you were like radio, and even almost like, what do you reckon, Carlos? And then when it comes out after the game that he's been playing in pain for two weeks, now he's got a muscle injury. It just it's it's embarrassing. It's proper amateur. I could not. Everything everything about that was amateur. The fact that he cleared a ball where he did instead of understanding there were no one around him and he could have let it run and carried on playing out wide, swinging his left foot. That would that were ridiculous in the first place. And and even, like you just said there, I was sat, I message out straight away, gone. You could see he's gone. It's straight on the attachment on his pelvic. You could, I mean, I'm not even a bloody physio and I could tell that kind of injury. You could tell he'd gone. Then it lets him carry on playing. And he's been, and like Posse said there, he's been, if he's been struggling, how can you let someone go back on who's been struggling? You can blatantly see he's struggling. But that's a big injury. That's a, that's a big loss for us, is that? Well, I can't, Massive loss. I can't believe it. Can I catch up on the bandwagon, Cosy? Because yeah, I've got a point of this. Just to finish there, surely Carlos shouldn't be saying that after. That's just so naive. Manager, it just makes him look an idiot. Mm. You know, he just said, okay, you know, right. It didn't look good anyway. But for him to say that afterwards, though, I know he's being honest, but that, that just made it look... We knew at the time, like you said, Phil, that he should never have carried on. And then for him to say that he's been playing in pain, what a stupid! It's just incredible. But, but this is what happens, isn't it? At this stage of the season, when when you're struggling and, and you're wanting your best, most influential players to play, the pressure on them to to, to perform is 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 high, isn't it? And um, it's it's not worked out very well, has it? Not me, Cosy. Sorry, mate. Um, agree with everything that's been said there. The thing that probably perplexed me as well is the substitution that was made. So at that point in the game, I think we won the look. We were doing quite well. Um, the style of football is quite good and Benz is a good outlet ball and, and suddenly he takes Benz off 
um, where I thought at the time the logical replacement was probably Aaron Rowe, who's played that position quite a bit this season. Arguably saw but Thomas, why he wasn't on the bench. We don't know. He's obviously done well in the B team today. But then he brings Alex Vallejon into the centre midfield. And then suddenly we're reshuffling the pack. I'm, I'm not actually quite sure who ended up on the right-hand side. It might have been Pritchard um, with some kind of changes to the, the formation, arguably. But, but things were working well at that point. And obviously having an injury to, to a player like Mbenz is never ideal. But I just thought at that moment in time, go like for like. The formation's working. We're on top in the game. And, and we kind of we didn't work and ultimately kind of rode and came on in the second half and, and did well actually as a left wing back. But um, well, I just thought this substitution was bizarre. Mayako played well and said he's probably our best player. I couldn't believe he dropped him. And then Sober Thomas, I thought that was an opportunity live on Sky, you know, see what he could do. And he's not even on, he's not even in the bench. But it, I just think, I mean, Phil, you mentioned about, you know, Rowe and Phillips. Medcat. Do you think I'm being a bit harsh? It kind of made him look mug, really, because what they did in 20 minutes, although counter that with a red card, so maybe that had a lot to do with it, but they give us more in 20 minutes at the end. It, it made us you think, why the hell are you giving these guys a start? Or do you just think, he's saying that because they've nothing to lose. They were at 10 men. Do you think that that's to count? Funny, yeah, I, I, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because you do. Because, because of the impact that they both had, straight away, fans are thinking, well, why is Phillips not being played? Why have, and why have we made that decision? I, I totally agree with you. It's like the, the decision to bring Vallejo on the midfield with Hogg, I've said before, pointless playing both of them. And, and, and I would play Vallejo at the moment instead of Hogg. Um, it, and it, it just, it, it didn't look great, did it? Because everyone's like, what are you, what are you doing as a manager? Why are you playing these? It, yeah, look at these kids. Why yeah. aren't you playing these kids? Well, just so happens that they, they had a decent, you know, I mean, Rob, how many times did he cut inside and lose the ball? You know, people forget that because he, he actually contributed and had a few shots and put a few crosses in. So, um, yeah, it's it, a difficult one, wasn't it? But I, I do think Rose should have come on and, and like we say, go back to it. O'Brien, for me, at left-back was poor. He, was, he, he, had, a, he had a bad game, um, giving simple five-yard passes away. Went into midfield, he was brilliant. I thought he was great. I thought he was back to his best, driving forward again and kind of dictating play a little bit. So, um, it didn't help him either. So you've it's got a bit of trust well, in the juniors. We're getting so, Jaden uh, Brown's played 90 minutes today, hasn't he? So obviously we're all under the impression that Jaden Brown was kind of sidelined because of this um, concussion injury. And that may well have been the case. I, I don't, I, hands up, don't understand the concussion protocols and it may be that he couldn't play last night. But I do find it a bit bizarre that he couldn't play yesterday and has then played 90 minutes today and we had a makeshift left back, even for him not to have made the bench. But I guess that's something we don't know. We've got some comments coming through. Someone wants to flick to Magic Switch. We must have got uh, our Phillips and Rowe kind of uh, YouTube equivalent on some extra happen. But uh, yeah, Daniel Hemingway, I think uh, Carlos needs four points out of the next two, but then thinking who we're going to get, that would make the difference if he went and that as well. Uh, Matt Ellis, is this the same downhill trend we've been on for three years or a completely different one? Kelly Wilkinson, do you think the players can't relax to play the game due to the overload of tactics from the touchline? I mean, that that is a good point. I mean, it's an interesting one because Anytime we have a break in play or what have you, there's, it's like a team meeting and he's shouting. I think the trouble is, I think it's easy to, to say all this, isn't it, when we're on a bad run. This was probably happening when we were, we were you know, winning games early on in the season and against good teams. I think sometimes you can look at it, man, I'm an amateur psychologist, and do think, you know, why is he doing this? And he, he probably always been shouting and going animated. And he has, hasn't he, from, from the start? You, well, so. I mentioned before, if you watch him in training, there's constant information overload. 
So they're used to it. It's not something that's you know that's that's going to put them off at, at a point like this. They're used to it, and that's I go back to the style of play that, that obviously the players are, they're buying into it, um, and 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 obviously in training they, they're getting that same input. It don't look great from the side, and we, we do that, don't we? we? We look to we look to find excuses, don't we? So we're at a point now. A month ago, were we all thinking the same? No, we weren't. Probably not. I definitely weren't. I, it's only last night I've looked at it and thought, oh shit, here we go. This is you know it's we're in a crap position here. Only last night. Um, so we always look for excuses, don't we? We always look for that next thing. We've all been happy with where they've played. We've, we've not disagreed with that. But we, we've, we've noticed that obviously the mistakes creep in. So it's, it's a difficult one to kind of analyse really. And, and I think if you look too deep into it, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a bit tricky. But I think we can all agree that sometimes within the games, I think it's decision-making in terms of subs and, and, and maybe changing to a plan B, as we, as we like to mention, um, hasn't really happened. And I think that's what we can probably start questioning now because of the, the position that we're in. Oh, Paz, I don't, I don't even say his name, mate. It begins with A and ends in D. It just gives us... Oh, I just... I can't say any more talk about him. He was, what did he give us last night? Nothing, man. Absolutely nothing. But yet, he still puts on a shirt and has another Seal Town badge on his chest, mate. He's going to never play for us again, man. Move on, Carlos. I'm sick of seeing him. He contributes nothing. It is all of it. It is all of it. Pointless in playing, uh, playing him. To be fair, ah, for instance, yeah. this was his chance. There's no point, though, is there? Like you say, it's, it's just just leave him in at training. Don't even bring him down to training. Let him see his contract out and <laughs> be there. Because you might as well play one at young lads, aren't you? You might as well play yeah. daily or someone like that. Because at least they've got his contract with, isn't he? You know what? He's, he's clearly yeah, exactly. He's not going to get a contract. So unless he's unless he's that good, you know, sometimes you have players who are. You know that good that you just have to play. Where he's that bad, he should just not play, and it'd probably improve things by not being. You know, commentators. I've heard them say a few times. Here comes out. You know, when he trots on front bench. You know, so fair, not, this could be his time to shine. He's had three seasons nearly to shine. Last night, did, to be fair, that Skyman did pick up on it. That it's just not worked out. But then you're thinking, well, why the hell is he even on our pitch tonight? And stuff from that as well. But I'm glad yeah. you mentioned it. Were Lee Hendrick that was doing the core commentary? It was good, wasn't it? Oh. Well, I'm going to have to disagree with you. Uh-oh. The ball came into the box and it landed to Campbell's feet. And he tried smacking it, right? Instead of just like getting a contact on it and, and it went over or wide or whatever. And the comment was, Huddersfield fans would have been happy seeing it land to him. If, any, if anybody, they'd have been happy. Did you, anyone hear that? And current form, no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. It, it, oh God, honestly. I can't, I can't get my head around it at times. I think the, the young kids at this club should be smelling blood now at the moment. It, it's an opportunity for them to say, do you know what? These senior pros, they're not performing. And if I get my chance, I could get, I could, I could get you know, three, four-year contracts out of this season if I play well. I can cement my team into this, it, it, cement my place into this team for next season, whichever league I'm in. Whether I'm in League One or Championship, that's a massive opportunity for some of these kids at the is, moment. Is Carlos going to give him that opportunity though? Because well, like we've just said, Bakuna every week, Pritchard is turns up and struts about. You know, you've got a lot of players there underperforming. Nabisar centre half, we've got two centre halves that are young lads. Just why are they not playing? You know, we hear all this noise coming from club that these youngsters are the future and all this. And you know, all right, yeah, they're young lads, but 
young lads get into first teams if they're good enough yeah. at a championship level. Oh, and if Carlos doesn't trust them, why, why are they not getting through? Is yeah. it because they're not just experienced or just not good enough? Or is it Carlos a little bit afraid? What you know? That Plymouth game, mate, we all right, we lost and we went out of the cup, but there were guys that kind of passed an audition for me that night that looked good. There were I remember a few interviews after they were letting energy energy enthusiasm, right, here we go, I'm going to get a chance now. And you just kind of reverted to type and that as well. It's just like, so disappointing. Phil, I've got to ask you this and it's, it's coming in and we always ask you about Keith. Here we go. So Tom says, Schofield had a shot for <laughs> people who can command the back four and someone needs to keep Sar in check. I was thinking that last night because not, not really. <laughs> I don't know what to think of him, to be honest, Phil, but do you think that we need the Rottweiler in there. A bit more experience. Someone just... Ah, he can't it's be... Yeah, it's, it's difficult. I mean, I, I, I know if you were watching this, but I remember playing behind Nat Brown. Um, Nat Brown was a striker and they, and they changed him into a centre-half. And, and he actually was one of my favourite players to, to play behind because it made me concentrate. It, it made me concentrate 100% more <laughs> Because I was literally, I was literally, no, he had everything. So he had, he had everything. He was strong. He could read a tackle. He could make a tackle. He could, he was good in the air. But you, you literally had to, you had to kind of baby, like babysit him and tell him where to be. Right, right shoulder, left shoulder, squeeze up, get in here. And you were constantly on it, and it kept me focused. And 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 I think you're right. I've I've noticed it in a few keepers in the past. I won't name names that we've had, uh, who a lot of fans do like. Um, but commanding your area is is one of the, the biggest parts uh, of a goal, if not the biggest uh, part of the game. Because uh, I can't remember which keeper it was. I think it was Schmeichel, and, and, and he mentioned if if I have to make a save in a game, it means I've done my job right. Because you should be organising that team and making sure that they're in positions where they should be. Um, and it's hard to tell on the TV. You can't you can't tell. You can't see what uh, Ryan's doing every minute of the game. You can't see the kind of info he's giving, but. It's 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 it is definitely a very tricky situation when you've got a, a centre half like Sam. I'm not I, I'm not slating the guy. I think he's a decent player, but when you've got someone who's as inconsistent as he is, and and a young keeper who's obviously trying to make a name for himself, and let's not forget he's he's had a lot of experience up in Scotland as well. So he's played he's played a fair bit of first team football. Um, so it's it's it, yeah, it's a difficult situation really. It's, you, you, you've you've got to be really commanding. Thomas Bradshaw says Scofield needs time on the 21. I remember Smith is getting a lot of stick when he first came in, but maybe a relegation scrap isn't the best time to give Schofield those games. I mean, he got away with that one in the first half, wasn't it? When they luckily blew up to the uh, the referee, but what were yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm too fair, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, especially a young, you'll know, Phil, being a young keeper as well, because yeah. you look at players, you know, positional-wise and, and their ages where they sort of come into their own and, you know, your you strikers and then, you know, your flair players tend to be, your, you know, your 21 to, you know, 25-year-olds, your, mid, your midfielders, you know, a little bit older in defences and your keepers, obviously, I know from fitness and stuff like that as well, but they play on till they're, you know, 30-plus and they can mm. still be really effective as keepers because, like you say, you know, it's not always about saving it, is it? Obviously, that's part of the job, but if you, you organisation and talking to your players and, you know, communicating with them. And when you're young, it, it must be quite daunting to, mm. to go out there and Richard Keogh, for example, you know, experienced, will have played thousands of games and Schofield's telling him what to do as a, as a keeper. I don't know if you had that situation, Phil, but do you feel a little bit, well, he's, he's done all this before, I don't really need to bother with him? Or if I tell him to do something, will he turn around and tell me to get stuffed? You know, is it 
Do you have a bit of that in the back of your mind? Yeah, it's, it's difficult. I think the game's changed. I, I do think the game's changed because the when I was younger, these pros were, you know, it were such a higher level in terms of kind of that status in a club. The, the kids now seem to, you know, be as well thought of as, as the most, you know, highest, highest wage earner in the club kind of thing. So, um, but I do think that's, that's a massive point. So, something you lot might not want to hear, but my first season that, that I played fully, um, we, we got relegated and it was my, it was the best experience for my career, for, for myself personally, because, it was it was really challenging, and I came out a better person and a better player for it. And and, and I'm sure Ryan will, but he's really got to as, as a goalkeeper, you've got to forget about the outfielders kind of thing in terms of like worry about what they're thinking. You're there for your own job. You've got to be quite selfish because you can concede you can concede two goals, but for for the next fifty minutes, if you make ten saves and it's kept you in the game and, and you win the game, even though you might have made like a, a Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Stakes are even there. It's still a good performance from you and it's really difficult for a goalkeeper to do that. Outfielders, you've got another, you know, 10 players around you that can that can support you if you've made a mistake. Goalkeepers don't. And it's it's quite a, an isolated position. So um, it's, I don't want to say, to, it's, it's, it's a difficult one really. I think in a position like this, I prefer an experienced goalkeeper in goals. Um, Surely that's personally. why you not infill that, you know, yeah. that because I, I read a quote with me, I'm there to push, to, to give my experience to the young players and stuff, but the Blackburn kind of fans said he would a really kind of solid player for them, the yeah. majority of them. And it's a tough one though, because it's another change, isn't it, to your back line? We've talked exactly. about defensive failures yeah. and all of a sudden now you, you put another keeper in. Yeah. You, you, you're struggling defensively anyway then to put another keeper in and does that you know one keeper might like to come for it all the time one keeper might stay on his line you know there's all different things to consider isn't there when you just say I'll oh, just swap keeper and it'll be fine yeah. you know it's quite an important yeah. piece of the team isn't he a keeper yeah I, 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 I'd persist with Schofield I think yeah, uh, I if, if I kind of roll back the clock maybe kind of six seven eight months we were all kind of clamouring for him to start ahead of him and we all kind of thought he was the future uh, time will tell us back on Saturday mate What's like that? <laughs> <off his head, laughs> Let's hope he's um, back on the bench. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think I think you need to that you need to persist him in. But that's just, that's kind of a selfish part for me as a keeper. I think it, you know it'd be unfair. I think it's a good experience for him. Um, but if I was a manager, I, I'd definitely be thinking twice about what I would do in in, in that situation. Right. Um, Wayne Holmes has uh, contributed to it, mate. I yeah, he's like been a bit, um, everyone, but we've got a bit of a overwhelming kind of long throws aside, really, hasn't he? 
kind of we've, we've signed a, a long throw expert. His kind of um, contribution though almost a bit more akin to Rory Delap than it is kind of a flying winger. <laughs> I think I think what, what's difficult is that um, from reading between the lines, we've kind of brought him in sooner than perhaps we originally planned to replace Carolite. But as I see it, they're very, very different players. Carol Eitin wants to be on the ball in the middle of the park, dictating play, passing left, right and centre. Holmes, naturally, is probably more of a, more of a winger. You'll probably know better than myself, Phil, um, or maybe Poz. But um, very, very different players. So it's hard to kind of draw some comparisons. And again, with Holmes, probably quite a lot of expect of him. This was a guy who was kind of not really in the Derby first team at the time we signed him. They were below us in the league and, and suddenly we're expecting him to to kind of move heaven and earth and I'm not sure right now that he's, he's truly up to that. Obviously, I hope he improves. Pause. we've got to talk about Carlos, mate, in a bit more detail. I know we've touched on it a little bit, but it just worries me, mate. The inexperienced coach, inexperienced people around him all over the club, if we're being honest with you and that as well, above and below and aside, he's, he's keeping faith with players that are letting him down. He's never really been in this situation before. We don't look like any answers to me anytime soon, assuring this defence up, stopping goals going in. And like you said, Phil, it's weird how football goes. I remember that Blackburn game when Sass scored that winner, that that club put that video out when everyone's going nuts. And I bloody hell, I must have retweeted that eight times, like getting the <laughs> good end of the year. But the trouble is, once something gets going, Paz, like kind of in free fall, it, you need him. I just, it just worries me so much that we can't stop seeding goals. How are we going to stay dual, man? It's a tough one, Carlos, isn't it? Because there's, you've got the you've got Carlos in, in the managerial post and then you've got Huddersfield Town as a situation, you know. So if you just specifically home in on, on Carlos, look at his results, look at, you know, look at the results on the pitch. That's the most important thing. Look at a slide after Christmas. Do you have any faith in him to be able to sort all that lot out? You know, there's people out there calling him, you know, calling him out and you know wanting him to be sacked and stuff like that. It's a tough one. I can see it. I can see it from both sides. I just think that we've talked about him being dealt a bad hand with injuries, but then you look at the type of injuries that we're getting: muscular, you know, soft tissue injuries. Is that down to how he's training the, the squad? Is he working them too hard? Are his backroom staff not capable of? picking up when a player might be on the brink of an injury and just saying, look, Carlos, go easy on him for a couple of days because he's struggling. You know, that's down to your medical team, your physios, all part of the backroom staff I get, but Carlos obviously fronts that up, so it, it falls on him. You're looking at game management, very, very poor, 23 points thrown away when we've been in winning positions. You know, inexperience, all right, yeah, I get that, it's learning. It's, it's still no excuse. You've got to be able to see these games out. Players playing in random positions, all right, yeah, injuries dictate sometimes that. But, you know, Lewis O'Brien, left-back, perfect example. You, you're solving one problem and creating another. Um, lack of, a, you know, seemingly wanting to play these young lads who are so highly regarded by, you know, the powers that be at the club and the reason that you were brought in was to, you know, bring these players through and stuff. But then on flip side, you know, you look and he had a really good start to the season when his first, you know, First choice eleven were available, so he's obviously he's obviously got some. I think the club though, and again this falls back to chairman and decision making. I know we've probably got penciled in just to talk about his little statement later on, but again Phil, he's, he's brought him in, in under all this, you know, all this gusto of you know new ethos, new we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do other. Gets him till Christmas and he's performing well. Gives him a contract extension. I think he's 23, 24 season he's got up until, and then all of a sudden his form dips. 
well, uh, you know, if you're Phil Hodgkinson now, what do you do? He's, he's, you've, you've, you've bigged him up to be this great manager that's going to come in and he sort of revolutionises the club. You give him a contract extension. <laughs> Can you sack him? You know, Phil is not very well thought of within the fan base as it is. If he goes and does something ridiculous like that, after getting rid of Cowleys, I know that we're probably a little bit behind scenes as well, but after they catch us up, he sacked them. He's had to sack Jan. You know, he had a little bit of an involvement in getting him in. So that would be three managers there that he's actually, you know, had involvements bringing to the club. You know, it's going to cost him a fair bit of money. He's going to end up spending more money on bloody hiring and firing managers than there is on players at this rate if he carries on. You know, there's, there's someone on, on uh, YouTube saying, you know, if we go down in League One, if we keep Carlson go down, would you keep him? I think, in, you know, yeah, because I think in some respects that might make his job a little bit easier. I know that sounds silly, but if we're going to look to bring these young players through, is League One more of a level to do that? Again, my worry is it's that though, Paul, should it? It shouldn't come to that. Where we've been. No, it shouldn't. No, I, I fully agree. I just, I'm just relegation. No, no, I, I fully agree, mate. And you know, and it was just a, someone what someone had put on. And you know, if that if the worst comes to the worst, and we do go down, do you get rid or, or not? And I actually think if we go down, you know, he'd probably be a, a reasonable you know manager to have in. But you could argue he's not been backed. And you know, look at players he's been given. Keogh, oh, Holmes, yeah, you know, the, the, the worrying thing for me that, that more than just the Carlos situation at the moment, and I, you know, if I'm going off a little bit off piece here, but it's just the whole situation at the club, you know. I've seen town crap. I've seen us in League Two. I've seen us been relegated, I think, three times in my career watching them. I've seen us in umpteen relegation battles. And, and never once, you know, during all that, or maybe once or twice, do I feel like I feel now. Because within those battles, you know, when we had Jacko and all that, you had a bit of fight, a little bit of passion behind it all at the moment. I'm really struggling because if I'm being blatantly honest, the people, you know, not on the pitch behind the scenes, I don't trust them. I don't particularly like any of them. I don't warm to any of them. You know, we want to come out on what they say on the social media, the, the statements in, on the club websites. And I think that's what's getting people down at the moment. Nobody can see any, anyone at that club that can almost grab it by a scruff at neck and drag it away from this relegation fight that we seem to be in. I don't know how you guys feel about that. You know, you might have different views on it, but that, that's just how I feel at the moment. I just cannot, I just have no faith in anybody there to do anything to stop what's happening at the moment, whether it be the manager, the chairman, director of football, commercial director, you know, and groundsman. I don't have anybody, I don't have any faith in anybody being able to do anything to sort this situation out. It's just didn't terrible. You, didn't even your back of your shirt sponsor, mate, appease you, right? Didn't that get you uh, inspired? We've got one on. The no, back. well, you couldn't even read the bloody thing, could you? If I'd have paid for that, I would have been right happy, but anyway. <laughs> well, uh, I don't think Pozzo kind of, we didn't know how he felt then, really, so... <laughs> I think the thing is for me, I never, I know some people say you're a bit naive, but relegation were never on my radar until the last seven days. I I know we've, we've been kind of losing games and stuff, but I always, you saw flickers, didn't you? Like Bristol City were a good example where, yeah, we just need a goal or whatever. But the worry for me, Phil, is like, I just, if we're conceding two goals every other game, people are shouting for strikers and forward players and this, that and the other, but... We've, there's only we can concede a more. There does seem to be no signs, in my opinion, that Carlos is getting in any nearer to either A, controlling a game, B, stopping the goals, kind of going in and stuff. And we just, everyone's saying Old City of last season, mate, and it's so hard to argue at the moment because there's no evidence. No in town will probably beat Swansea on Saturday, but it's uh, it just looks written all over it to me, man. And I hate to say it. No, I think... It, 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 there's a number of different different areas of the, on the pitch that you can look at, can't you? But 
I think that is a major concern in terms of it's not really taking many chances to, to, to score a goal against us. Um, I, I, my major concern now is, is players like Mbenza. Um, I just want I, I might as well take this point now to, to mention in the preview show the other day. Um, I mentioned that Watmore were going to be their key player, scored a goal. Um, I mentioned <laughs> Mbenza were going to be a key player for us, scored a goal. And I mentioned it were going to be 2-1 to Middlesbrough. So I'm not going on that. I'm not going on that show again. Not a chance. He's um, now to Canal side, Phil. God, because <laughs> I tell you what, as soon as Benz went off, it, it worried me because at the moment it seems to be only kind of set pieces um, and and kind of a balling from him that, that's the kind of danger. And if we're not kind of producing the danger at the top of the pitch, there's more and more pressure on your centre halves and, and in your defence, and that is the concerning part for me. Um, and like you said, because uh, it, it wasn't until last night that I looked at the table and I'm still not too concerned, but it's it's relegation kind of material, the way that we're playing, the, the way that things are unfolding on the pitch. Phillips gets a chance and hits the post. It could have easily just snuck inside the post. It could have been a one-pointer for us. You know, little things like this that's just not kind of falling our way, just all adds up. And, and, and last night, I, I don't think it was a, a, a bad performance. There was good parts to it. I felt confident enough in terms of stopping their attack. It was another one of those games for me. It was it was a pain in the ass because it was another one of those. How many times did what more I was worried about him, but Naby Sarr had him in his back pocket half the time, trying to beat him pace for pace and he had him. For me, there wasn't that much danger. I didn't feel in danger, but there was nothing. As soon as that... I mean, we're all in WhatsApp groups, aren't we? And as soon as, as soon as they got a man set off, game over. Not a chance. And I can't believe there weren't more people on Twitter or, or social media yeah. saying, get Naby Sauer up front. Because I, I was thinking it straight away. Because yeah. everyone's been saying that. I know it's a bit of a joke. Um, but just, you know, someone... I mean, we had the two lads up front anyway, but um, we, we, nothing to lose. We had nothing to lose. And, and, just, and still yeah, nothing changed. Like, yeah. You'd expect, yeah. I mean, I tweeted, didn't I? What could possibly go wrong when we score that first? Yeah. Season? But it's like you'd, you'd expecting errors, and like you were on about players and mentally expecting errors. But I think the biggest problem we've got at the club is just inexperience in all position. I'm not talking about on the pitch, it's kind of off it. I mean, we'll move on to Phil's comments like last week in his statement, but it's obviously Phil, if he was on now, say this is the reality. It was kind of boom, there you go. You know, for me, the first thing I kind of thought was, oh, this has come out all of a sudden. It, Someone who kind of, to me, who knows the fan base, knows the temperature of the, the supporters, are doing something a lot earlier. For me, this seemed, uh, could be wrong, but it's almost like, right, you know, we better get some out here because the fans are not happy. I've been on podcasts or what have you and that. So I could be totally wrong. Out it came. I mean, stuff that I picked up on, 10 to 12 million lost due to COVID. Obviously, yeah, you know, big issue as well. Uh, mentioned about the three windows, kind of. Obviously, that's been held against him from the start. I need the three windows to sort out. He's saying, obviously, again, that COVID's kind of changed the dynamic. Uh, he's not been in the position, let me quote here, uh, to, that he wanted to be expected to be in the terms of cash import. He's covered short-term cash flow gaps and some transfer business, he says, and that as well. He mentioned about paying off debt, uh, that, you know, not kind of things that fans want to hear and stuff like that as well. And obviously, you know, there's been so much talk recently on social media about how much Dean Oil owes and what he needs to be paid back, but... I think the thing to me, though, I, again, people probably won't, it's damned if it does, damned if it do, but I, 
you know, there's so much of the club stuff comes out. It's official, like a club statement or a, you know, kind of an in-house TV and stuff to me, kind of, it don't feel right. I think there should be a Q&A or something like that as well. I've seen it a couple of weeks ago in Scarborough. They had like director on and everybody kind of firing in and stuff like that as well. I just think, I don't know what you thought, Paz, but yeah, it was good to hear from him. And, and, it's, and it was interesting. He was saying every month we're going to get a key figure of the club. But you're almost like, you know, the people at the club don't really want to do it, but it's it's like, he'll be just saying, no, that's reality. There it is, bang. But I just want a bit more than that. I want, you know, Johnny to have him on Radio Leeds or something like that. Maybe, I don't know. I just, he'll be, he's always said he's upfront and honest, but what I read in there, it were kind of, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I wanted to hear, but it was just like, it were kind of okay. Okay, I didn't think... Didn't, didn't particularly tell you all you didn't already kind of know. You know, a lot of stuff it said what for did me... What you want to hear, Paul? work out. It, it added a little bit of figures to it, didn't it? You know, like what did you want to hear there? What did you want to hear from him? Let, let me change it to that. What would you want to hear more or from him? I'd like, I'd like to hear, I think with anything, a, a plan to go forward. You know, all right, I don't, I don't need to know the exact, you know, nuts and bolts of this plan, but it's all right coming out and saying we've lost money through this, we've lost money through that, you know, we've lost money through this, but all right, yeah, we know that you won't be making as much money because of COVID and stuff like that, but, you know, tell me how are you going to think, you know, how we're going to try and recoup this money, you know, when we're back up and running, you know, is there any new initiatives? Are, are we all right? Are we secure? You know, I remember, him, you know, telling every man and his dog on Talk Sport that by this time, if football went back 60-odd clubs, they'd have gone bust and, you know, how many have gone bust? I don't know of any. So, I, you know, you've got to take everything that Phil says with a pinch of salt, I think, at the moment. Well, in general, anyway, because he said that much in the past that I'm really come to fruition. And I think, yeah, I'm not saying that COVID hadn't had an impact. I don't, you know, don't for one minute think that I'm saying that that's not had any impact whatsoever. But it's such an easy smoke screen to hide behind, isn't it? It's COVID. Everything's COVID related. Look at Barnsley. They needed a couple of strikers in January and they went out and got two. You're telling me that, you know, they're not struggling without any money. There's a lot of clubs out there that haven't got any money. It's not just Huddersfield Town, you know. And when you're hearing stuff like he's got to put money into his other businesses, which I fully get, you know, he's got other business interests. He's, he's entitled to do what he wants with his money. But again, as a fan, you don't want to be hearing that, do you? You want to be hearing that Huddersfield Town are his prime you know, that's his first thought. And if you can put money into them, what, you know, why is he not putting money into us? And that, again, you start asking yourself questions. Does he only have the income to support town due to his other businesses? A lot of owners these days in football clubs have personal wealth. It's literally money in the bank. that They can go and say, right, you know what, we need a couple of strikers. I'm going to get out, you know, <laughs> go to the cash machine and draw out a couple of million quid and, and buy a couple of strikers. Um, I think another thing that annoyed me from it was when he talked about, you know, wanting to spend millions. I don't know about you three guys, but I've not seen anybody wanting to spend millions and millions. We've tried that and look what happened. All we want is a player who's not 35, you know, never played, you know, players who haven't played for us before, not really done that well. To get some players in that we can get behind and actually think, do you know what, these guys are going to sort us out. So a little bit like yourself, because I'm, I'm pleased that they've, seen the feedback, heard the feedback and acted upon it. I think it should be more proactive and hopefully these messages that come out monthly will be a little bit like that, you know. But it's, it's all about the content for me. It's all right coming out and saying something, but if you don't mean it, there's no mm. point in saying it. You know, I, it's, just, it's really depressing, really, because I've seen a few people say maybe it'd be better if we went out of League One and regrouped and kind of came again, but isn't exactly that what was said about, you know, coming out of the Premier League. I know COVID's the elephant in the room and I know the Dean Hall situation is also the elephant in the room, but... I just think that it's 
there doesn't be any ambition kind of there. It's it's flat. It's there's there's nothing really. Ambition's a, a key word for me, Cosy. I think kind of two things there for me. It's, it's not as black and white as simply going back down and coming back up again. Kind of how long did, before did it take a scout of League One? Um, we kind of no God-given right to go down for one season, rebuild and come straight back up. I think on, on your point about ambition, um, Phil in his statement talks about the wage bill and he, and he references the fact that it's currently £19 million, which is, uh, in his words, unsustainable. Um, and that kind of for comparison, our wage bill when we got promoted was close to £12 million. If you kind of believe what you read on Twitter and, and various different sources, a nineteen million pound wage bill in the championship kind of puts you probably very much in the, in the bottom quarter of clubs. Um, there are clubs probably out there with, with much much higher wage bills than that. And I, again, to your point, pause. I don't think any of us expect us to have the highest wage bill in the championship. I think we recognise the um, status of the club and the size of the club relative to kind of other teams. But to say that nineteen million pounds isn't sustainable. And, and kind of kind of conclude from that we need probably a wage bill around the kind of the 15 million 16 million mark with inflation etc that for me doesn't scream ambition it doesn't scream a desire to compete at the top of the table it doesn't scream um a, a kind of belief we're going to get promoted it screams win for more of the same and we're going to to kind of cope out right to the start of the podcast rely on these kids although seemingly not but we're going to kind of scrape around on free transfers and people like at the end of their careers, people that start their careers and not much in the pomp. And, you know, what if that's where we're at, then then, then, then so be it. But it kind of then, I think people are legitimately allowed to ask, how has it kind of got to that point? And, and why, where has this legacy gone, really? Yeah, well, I, I was going to say that. I mean, someone copied and pasted, but Dean's kind of comments when he left, he were like, I can't, not to quote him really, but he was almost like, come down, it's been a horrible season, but we've kind of got a legacy and we'll never kind of be in a situation again. Am I, am I right? Kind of pull me down if I'm not, but it just feels like that. It's like we've never been in the Premier League, mate. We're almost like back to square one, like we came up, we're scraping about for kind of freebies. Signing let's in. be honest, Dean, Dean's done Phil, hasn't he? He's done him like an absolute kipper. You know, let's just come out and say, I'll come out and say, you know, you three might not endorse that comment, but I will. Dean has had his pants down, hasn't he? Let's be fair, because he's, he's put the non-disclosure on the deal. So Phil can't even come out and, and say exactly what's going on to defend himself because he can't, because he's tied up in legal stuff. The only way that we'll ever really know is when accounts get published for the, the company that actually owns Field Town, which is obviously owned by you know, Hodgkinson, because he will have had to put money into that company then to transfer it across to you know to, to Dean or whatever. So until that happens, you know, we're not really got any idea. We can you can presume, you know, what's going on. You know, um, a lot of talk about oil. I'm just moving just moving sort of goalposts a little bit to talk about oil. I don't blame him for taking his money back. I think the way that he's He's seen an opportunity to get it back and he's getting it back in the quickest possible time for him because he just knows how much of a money pit Huddersfield Town is. Again, I think he's sort of filled because he's probably the only person that he could find that would agree to the sale that, that Hoyle wanted. You know, he's got his 25%. I believe once he gets his full money back, he'll just maybe give that away. I think he's kept that 25% to ensure that he does have, still have a little bit of a say now club is run so he can sort of guarantee to get his money back and he's really sad in a way you know Hoyle did everything possible he got us to the Premier League he took us to heights that we've we've never got to and although like I say I understand why he's taking his money back it's a hell of a lot of money 
is he a better way to do it at the moment with COVID? Could he have said, you know, all right, Huddersfield Town, Phil, I can see you struggling for money. Let's defer next payment until, you know, you're in a better financial position, which would have helped us out a little bit more. You don't know, do you? Once it's set in stone, is it set in stone and it can't be changed? I'm sure that's not that's not right. But it just leaves a bit of a sour taste with Dean, to be fair. Um, not not privy to his financial situation, but, you know, £300 million reported, you know, wealth and stuff like that. Is he really scratching around down back at sofa and needs this money immediately? Or could he defer it for, you know, a couple more seasons? I don't know. It all just seems a bit, you know, cloak and dagger. And... How are you seeing it, mate? I think... Uh... I um I don't even look after my own finances, cause it. Like, Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. 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 sorts it all out for me, so I have no idea what who's his electricity provider. I don't. I have no idea. Um, but one thing that always like that, that's quizzed me with all this, and and I won't like, I won't say anything because I because there's there's no info to tell us exactly what's happened, so there's no point like me trying to guess. But I always thought chairman took over a football club knowing that they're going to lose money. So you're not making money with a football club. You surely lose money. So I don't get that a chairman could come out of a football club and get all his money back without kind of losing any money. I don't get that. I would have thought you always, you know, whether you've invested in Canal Side and, and surely there's always going to be a, a loss somewhere along the line. Like I say, I have no idea. So, um, but it, it does it does concern me. I, I just think the, the the mystery around all of it is not good for anybody. Because you don't want to hold anyone to account. You just want to know what's happened. So mm. we just want to know who's got a stake in the club, who's got this, who's got that, who's got this money, why has that money gone there? Um, and that, that's part of the reason I were, I were quite, I won't say upset, but annoyed at the start of the season because the lack of information in terms of what direction, like you've mentioned there, Posy, about what direction the club's going to go. There, there was no information there in terms of what, what, what our kind of thoughts are. And then this information regarding the money and the funds, was just like really, really. You just said earlier there. I don't want town to go out and spend twenty million on a on a player. Bloody no chance. I think that's absolutely pointless in the position that we're in. But I want to know that we can compete with at least, at least a mid-table bloody championship team, not not bottom end. And and the and the amount of fans that we get to games is a lot more than majority of the clubs in that league. So so why are we why are we trying to shuffle around with with one of the lowest budgets? When other teams have got much higher budgets than ours, and I'll go back to it, I've said this before, when Cardiff dropped out, this were before we got promoted, Cardiff were on about 40 million um, a year in terms of the wage. And that's after they'd come out of the, the premiership for, for a while. And that was years ago. That was about six, six, seven years ago. And we're talking about 15 million for a championship club. No chance. Absolutely no chance. Just stinks. I saw some the other day, and I think he said, um, I think out of the six championship clubs that have recently been relegated, so obviously two seasons worth five, are now pushing for promotion or, you know, certainly back, you know, up in promotion fight, leaves one that isn't. No surprises for guessing who that one is, mm. is the, you know, it's us. But I don't know, like you say, Phil, without the, without the long-term vision and stuff like that, you start to put the pieces in your own mind, don't you? And you start to come up with all sorts of random conclusions it like even seems now. to me that Phil's just trying to get this debt paid get it off as quickly as he can and in some respects it does make financial sense but as is acknowledged as a fan 
you don't want that, do you? You don't want you don't want to pay off a debt. Football's not played on the spreadsheet, is it? It's played on grass. Can outside even be downscaled as well? It's not you even I know that, that was touted as the legacy, but even that's just not and it, and it, I know I'm being built, yeah, what have you, but it's just <laughs> just it's so depressing, really. And I think maybe the results kind of papered over the few cracks early on in the season, but someone posted it today, it's been doing the rounds, I think, on Twitter, just kind of in the last 10, 12 years where we've been, it's just kind of, we've been fighting for... Yeah, seeing that. But mentally, as a fan, never mind players, we've talked about mental state of players, but as a fan, it's like, here we go again and stuff. It's, you know, like that Wagner thing, it was just so brilliant because we, we just had something to grab on, we were balchy, we were getting stuck in, we were winning games, we were pissing everyone off because we were doing this wave and stuff. It felt like you were part of something really special, but... Oh, chalk and cheese to how it is now, mate. Chalk yeah, okay. and cheese. Look at look at when you know you could go to Canal Side, you could have a pint, you could, you know, you could bump into the players a couple of times. I, like, you know, go down and have a damn sani and you'd bump into a couple of players, and you just felt like everything were together. Whereas now it's you feel at arm's length from everything. You feel you just feel that I know you can't go, so that's a big thing. But even then, even when you could, you know, if you could go, you, you just you just feel like you're constantly being pushed away and, you know, go away, let us do what we need to do and just, just keep paying your money and come back, you know. Oh, so uh, there'd have been a demo after Saturday's game, wouldn't there, for me? There'd have wouldn't there? Do you think? They're the very lucky that, yeah, you know, fans out there because at that weekend, that would have been a toxic atmosphere, that, you oh. know, to concede, you know, to concede, you know, towards about 87 minutes, whatever, or something like that, that, you know, they'd have been booed off and, you know, if, to quite, like I say, they're lucky that fans out there because it could be getting quite volatile down there at the moment with how things are going. Side cheer us up, mate. There must be something exciting. We've got a back of the shirt sponsor. Uh, didn't we have a good result <laughs> against shipping out a B team? Or so I don't know, but it's we're, we're desperate for a win. And Swansea City mate, at home on Saturday is not exactly the uh, the, the game you'd pick, would you, to get the, the show on the road as uh, Mr. Amos as uh, appears back there flying out there, but. Just uh, yeah, just we're just needing something out with to kind of get us going. But but I think what depresses me a little bit, even more, is that even if we stay up, pause. Where where are we kind of heading? You know, like if we scrape up fifty one points, because Carlos same is same again next year, mate. Same again next year. Yeah. Unless Phil suddenly wins lottery and has you know a load of spare income, I'd can't see him putting the amount of money in. I just I don't. It's hard, isn't it? Because you you see reports like that one that came out. Not so long ago, and he, he said something like he was in top. I can't remember. Someone, someone will correct me on Twitter. He said, said he were up yeah. there, you know, one of the most wealthiest yeah. owners. I know, like, it can be that can be perceived in assets and businesses worth X, Y, and Z. It's not physical pound notes at bank. But again, as a fan, you see that. And then he's telling you that he, you know, he, he, he's not putting any money in to buy players. You're like, well, he don't, nothing seems to just line up for me. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm looking. At, maybe I'm looking down those. That, you know, don't need looking down. Joe Garner, big fan of yours, Phil, on your uh, outburst. Yes, Mr. Senior, he says. Uh, it's TFC. Didn't Phil say on this podcast that buying the club probably came too early for him? He's out of his depth, in my opinion. Weber to Bromby, massive downgrades to. Remember, top thirty club ambition or waffle. Uh, Doug Barnett says, would you trust in charge to use the money wisely? Do you have faith in the staff at the club? Jonathan Denny. Remember, Dean said 12 years ago, the only training facilities were two part cabins at Stores Hall. Josh Jennings had to make the point of re-bumping into players, etc. Though I understand the community spirit, but if that was happening under this regime, everyone would say it's Tim Pot and a sign of no investment. Thomas Bradshaw, I would not trust them at the board and recruitment level to use that money wisely. We've obviously not got a good enough system in place. It's very amateur. Someone must have took notes off Weber. Ha-ha. Uh-huh. Uh, 
Uh, Joe Garn again, Phillips replaced the Cowards with Carlos, but he hasn't backed him anyway, bringing in free agents and 500k players. And uh, Doug Barnett, we could ask the EFL to appoint Darren Drysdale for the Swansea game, and he could headbutt Ayu. But that was incredible last night, wasn't it? But you might, he's going to get done for it, isn't he? But I was just thinking, bravo, because someone put my twin, it's right, Kalina used to do that for fun. But it, it was an amazing incident, wasn't it? And that Alan Judge is only like five foot six, so it did look kind of worse than it was. But it, part of me thinks referees get so much harm and they must be able to hit it even more now without any crowds that. But I suppose you can't do that, can you? But it was an amazing incident, Phil. Have you ever known anything like that, any level you've been at? Yeah, I mean, in non-league, I've, I've read something just before I came on, but it's about um, a referee being told to lose a bit of weight because he'd been going at gym and making himself massive. And there's a couple of, there's a couple of refs that, that, I can't remember his name, but he, he slicks his hair back. He's a young ref, he's quite muscular. I can't remember which league he's refereeing now, but I've seen him recently and, and, and he gives that kind of persona of being a quite a tough guy. I don't mind it, to be honest, because I'll tell you why. If, if the players are giving it the ref, Ref should be able to give it back. Simple as that. So, for instance, like you'll 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 call the referee up on a on a decision. What's all that about, ref? And you, and, and best one you'll hear is they'll turn around and they'll go, "You just need to concentrate on your game. You're having an absolute shock." <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Perfect. Simple things like that. And, and I'm not being funny. The amount of players who, who think they're hard as nails and, and square up to referees and give it all this. I mean, I'm, I'm sick of players doing that to each other anyway. Like. For littlest of bloody incidents. Um, and the amount of players that do that to referees, good on him. Why not? He never headbutted him. He didn't do all like that. I don't think he touched him. He, he got in his face, yeah, fair enough. And then he just and then he realised what he'd done and just kind of backed off a little bit, didn't he? <laughs> but like he should have just sent, he should have yeah. sent young kid off. He just should have sent him off. Go on, get off like But my footage, I know it was like clickbait with all the social media teams and stuff, but my first thought was refreshing bravo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've took a view as arrogant and I don't know enough about the ref. This is how he is and this, that, and other. But I thought we need to see a bit more than that because it seems to be one-way traffic there. The players kind of calling the shots and mouthing off. And yeah. So what do we do now then? So do we get every single player who squares up to referee and points in the face and swears at them and tells them F in this, F in that? Do we get all these players now to come out in, in the media and apologise to refs? Because you're setting a precedent now because referees had to turn around for something as small as that and apologise. Yeah. Should be apologising to that little lad. He's, he's disgusting anyway, ain't it, in football? Like, you know, I watched a bit of a union of a week and he's chalk and cheese. You know, referee gives a decision and players just basically accept it. They might ask, I think, is it captain can approach and just say, look, can you explain it to me? They explain it and they go, you know, fair enough and they trot off and they go what they need to do. You know, football, it's, it's not a new thing, is it, where... Folk have a go at ref, and I, it's not I, um, right. It's, 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 it's pathetic, really, because you're just undermining. I, I ref, you know, obviously I coach at junior level, and uh, you don't always, well, you never get a ref appointed by the league. So I've had to do it. And I've, had, I've had kids at seven or eight turn around and, and give me a mouthful, and it's like, you, bloody hell, you know, you're, you're seven years old. If I want a dad, we are. Uh, I'm just, I'm just, just, just boss. Yeah. Did you get in the face? Like, like, <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah, mate, some of them are bigger than me. <laughs> I was just going to say this, Paul, that I'm involved in, in local football and, and, and I'm a nightmare for this. Like, I'm a nightmare with coaches shouting at kids, like under sevens and eights, shouting at kids, all this, instead of letting them have fun and shouting at referees and parents shouting at refs. And, and not so long ago, one of the coaches actually walked around to the side of the pitch and started shouting at our uh, parent, who's, who's also a coach that's volunteering for a game and refing. And I walked around and I just, I says, do you realise what you're doing in front of seven and eight-year-old kids? The, the kind of and, and this is why it's this is why it's happening. 
because coaches are doing it, parents are shocking. Someone's bloody grandma weren't shouting at referee not so long ago. It, it's it's going to happen more and more now, unfortunately. Unfortunately, the way that society is going, people have zero respect. Uh, and, and the referee, I mean, who would be a referee? Who would no, do it? I there, needs do it. To be more, there needs to be more X kind of players for me refereeing because some of the diving, the cheating, the way that they buy fouls, you, sh- you can see that a mile off it and you should be a lightweight player, etc. But you wouldn't want to do it, would you? And we've yeah. got a message from Neil Wayne. Do you remember him, Neil Wayne? So, oh, bloody he, hell. He hates for the silk how much he's changed Bradford up and he's changed his Twitter handle. He, he doesn't come on now because we don't win and stuff, but now. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but he answers, he asks a simple question. We've got to end it on this. Where do we start next season? Championship or League One? I'm going to go last on this and bottle it. So, Sai, where do we start? Uh, yeah. the optimist, I'm going to say Championship. Um, you asked me a question five minutes ago, um, Cosy, to give you something positive. We're only 10 points away from 7th or 8th. Now, 10 points right now feels a long way away, I appreciate. But in this table, in this division, two, three results, and it can be a very, very different picture. And I still think... On our day, we are quite a good team. But the challenge is we haven't had our day for quite a while now and we haven't been able to string 90 minutes together. So I think we'll stay up. Maybe. Um, only just. <laughs> only just. But, but, sorry, because you won't think. But I do think you point around where will we be next year and will we just be in the same situation again? I think it's a very valid one because right now, to kind of, I guess, summarise what has been discussed... I do feel as though we'll just be having the same conversation in the same situation probably in February next year um, with a similar that sort of well, That's what concerns me. And you bring us down, mate. A bit of a downer there. Yeah, shit sandwich for you there, Cosy. Cosy, <laughs> points to get seems bloody miles off for me. What about you, mate? Are we league one next season or championship, mate, at this stage? I mean, I said that when we did pod preview, you know, season preview, I was, near, I was saying we were nails on to get relegated. We've had a decent start and I sort of changed my opinion. I thought, you know what, we'll, you know, we'll probably be all right. Before three games ago, I would have said we'll be all right. I think the last three games, certainly going in front twice and not winning against Wickham and Middlesbrough who were on terrible form themselves as has really dented that belief that we will stay up. Um, I think we'll probably just about stay up, but I think it'll probably be because there's teams below us that, I know it sounds obvious, won't pick up as many points rather than us changing anything or doing something miraculous with how we play to pull us away. I think we'll we'll lose majority of games going forward. 17 points has been touted as the amount that we need to get. You know, It might not even be that many, uh, but I think we'll probably... Just about do it, and then I fully agree with Sai that you know, fast forward 12 months, if we're still doing this podcast, then people haven't got sick of us, we'll be saying exactly the same. And it could be a different manager in charge because you know, Bill, I'll leave it with you. I've got some good news for you, mate. Oh. Two down at home to Norwich, Birmingham are one down away at Bill Rotherham, still nil nil against Bournemouth, it's only just kicked off that so. Is I'm going to be a bit, I'm going to be a bit negative. I I, I I feel like the the I feel like the way that we're playing at the moment and the, the way that things are, are turning out, I really do feel like it's relegation fodder. But I agree with the fact that it's going to be reliant on other teams below us. Definitely, um, the games in hand doesn't look great, so it really doesn't look great. So if 
if they have an upturn of fortune and they start getting a run together, we could be struggling. So I really do, I really do fear for us, to be honest. Um, just going on to what you said there about next year, I feel like on the flip side of that, if we do manage to stay up, I do feel like it's it's a season out of the way with these with with a manager who's trying to get his style of football across and a, a team that have been training for a full year and, and, and learning that style. I do feel a little bit more positive if we do manage to stay up. I really do. Um, I just think that it would. I think again it would go to the the recruitment, which worries me. It really does. So I think if we had some good recruitment with the squad that we have um, staying in the championship, I think we'd be more than okay because we've shown we can play some real good football. No doubt about that. Um, but yeah, going back to what's going to happen at the end of the season, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm worried. I, I am I'm worried. You've got and, and I'm, if you're not, then you must be, you've got to be off your head, if, mate, if you're not worried at the moment. Yeah, I, I, just, I, I, I just think it's performances. I think we're going to stay up, Poz, and I think we're going to win a couple of games where you'll never expect us to win. So Saturday's the perfect time. We had a good record, didn't we, against the kind of bottom-half teams. That were keeping us up. But I don't know, I've wheeled out the Watford game and, and the Swansea game and stuff. But I just think we're almost like a counter-attack game where, you know, we're going to come back into it. But I, unless we shore up this defence and stuff or something changes and Carlos is... Is Cosy? Thing is, though, Cosy, when you talk about being a counter-attack team, who, who have we got now on the pitch that's going to be able to do that and carry that forward? Well, Adams is knackered in now, and Benz is going to be out for a bit. Exactly. No, Karama. And that's what worries me. That's what worries me, because the goals, we're, 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 we're losing goals. Mate, Phillips ought to get a start, but we've said it before, but that was another thing that depressed me a little bit, sadly, got opening up all wounds. But it's like you said, Phillips would be great if we... He's giving me an option if we needed a second striker. I can't, again, another comment, I'm thinking... Yeah, it shouldn't be that seconds are going to be first where bloody Campbell is finishing. But oh, would you change formation then? Would you change formation? Would you stick to up front? Would you play him up front with Campbell? Oh, may I would have play four four two. Four four fucking two. Get Mike Bassett in charge. <laughs> 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 you said he's more of a guy who brings guys in and holds the ball up. But if you, if that's kind of his maybe role, we have been goal scorer then. Then I maybe would fill it if you're. I think three five two. I I can't believe we haven't, we haven't reverted to three five two yeah. at times. I think the Vallejo looks looks good, and I think him slotting in between Sar and and Keo would be ideal for us. I really do. We've got absence of wingers now as well, haven't we? There's, there's no yeah. Benz and no Aaron's, no Karoma. Oh, yeah. get him on. Get get yeah, Pippa high up the pitch. Pippa's high up the pitch. Key, baby. Get him on. <laughs> Who's that? Sober, sober Thomas. Mate. You had a glimpse on Saturday, but only yeah. So I missed it. I missed it. Another one with amazing haircut, Phil. Matt Glennon says these barbers are open, but I think that's a little. <laughs> nah, obviously, as I know, guys, I've finished us on a positive. Thanks so much. It's been hard work tonight. We're always going to be. Thanks to everyone for contributing and all oh, my beautiful guests on that as well. And we're going to be back next week. We've got another midweek game, haven't we? We've got Derby, haven't we? Yeah, Derby. Uh, Swans and Derby. Let's hope for some better fortune there. So, remember, they used to play it when we used to go out when we got beat at John Smith. So, keep the faith. <laughs> There's a team. That is dear to its followers The colours are bright blue and white 
a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all the while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today? And then the bells will ring so merrily And every ghost shall be a memory so town play up and bring that cup back to Huddersfield. So town play up and bring the cup back to Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.